Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about forward-facing sonar. That's right, Ben. This is a fishing episode. We somehow weave a little bit of fishing into every episode, but this one is going to be focused strictly on talking about technology and fishing. And have we utilized it? Is it good? Should it be banned? All kinds of crazy topics. It's a hot topic in the outdoor world outdoor world right now and we're going to be breaking down our opinions on it but before we do we need to give thanks you know brian we've been giving thanks for i don't know how many episodes ago we started um in the very beginning of doing podcasts we didn't we didn't give thanks it's kind of something that i just felt like i wanted to give back to to god um really supposed to glorify god in everything that we do and so i wanted to give thanks um kind of as a way for him but also then to just thank the people and so I've tried to not repeat myself for, are we at 117? I can't, we're over 100. Yeah, we're 118, 119 episodes, something like that. So yeah. we've done all these podcasts. I've tried not to, um, and maybe I have. Maybe I have doubled up. Maybe I've tripled up and I don't know it. Um, but I, I may be doubling up here on this one, but I, I just want to thank my wife. Um, she is a super strong woman. Um, you know, we have two kids. She's always cooking and cleaning and washing their clothes and, and the bathrooms and the bed, and she still holds a full-time job, and she allows me to um, podcast. <laughs> so I want to thank her directly. Um, I love my wife. Thank you, Molly. And, yeah, she's a blessing to me and, and to my entire family. So thank you, my bride. Well, I'm going to kind of almost echo that sentiment. You know, in just a few days, my wife and I are going to be celebrating our 10-year wedding yeah. anniversary. Yeah, congratulations, which, yeah, man. Thank you it's very awesome. much. We're, we're excited to celebrate. But what I really want to give thanks for is that God created man and woman. Man and woman are so different. But looking back at 10 years of marriage with my wife and the way that God made men and women so different, we truly do make each other better just because he made us so different. Like I, I could make a list a mile long of everything that I've learned from my wife. I didn't even fold my laundry before I met my wife. Now that stuff gets folded nice and neat and put away all in its own little place. <laughs> right. You know, just little things like that that truly do, like you, you become more Christ-like because you have this puzzle piece that fits together with you in the opposite sex and mm-hmm. it is God designed. And mm-hmm. then he went on even further to make the covenant of marriage. And it is so different than other relationships because it's a covenant. It, it means even if it stinks, even if it's bad, if you are a Christ follower, you stick it out. Yes. You work through mm-hmm. it. You have this partner to raise kids with, to buy homes with, to work through illnesses with, to change jobs with, to move with, you always have this person beside you. Now, does that mean that it is always easy? No, 
you're around the same person more than anybody else on earth. So sometimes it is difficult, but you always have this rock beside you. And really, it is only possible, in my opinion, to have it healthy if you keep Christ in the center and keep a Christ perspective. You know, I once saw someone draw the diagram of a a triangle and said that that is the marriage covenant. And at the top, the peak of that triangle is Jesus Christ. In each bottom corner, one is the husband, one is the wife, the man and the woman. And as each person pursues and gets closer to Christ, what do they do? They also get closer to each other. So as everybody comes to that peak to come closer to Christ, now everyone is more like Christ and he is more glorified. So today I am thankful for my 10 years of marriage. I am thankful for my wife and I'm thankful to our Lord, our God who created man and woman. Yeah. Isn't that a blessing to, (laughs) I have to work with you all day. And so it's really nice to, to go home to a woman get tired of being around men. <laughs> right, but it, it but it is different because it is absolutely different. Yeah. We are so similar in so many ways and we make that joke all the time like yep. gosh, can't believe we both thought that. Even today we just gave thanks for almost the same thing and we sat here for know. 20 yeah. minutes trying to think of something to be thankful for and we didn't even discuss it before we gave it. Absolutely. So we kind of have these moments of man, it's scary, but my wife and I, I'm going to say we aren't that way. Yeah. But we are even closer than you and I are. Exactly. Um but see, if things were going terrible for you and I, I could just be like, all right, you're being a jerk. We're not making enough money. See ya. I don't ever want to talk to you again. And that would be okay. Yeah. But for marriage with the covenant, it is di- it is different and it would not be okay. Correct. Until death. Until death. Do you part. Because right. that's your covenant. That's your contract that you've, yeah. that you've signed. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about forward-facing sonar. <laughs> but... You know, the relationships that we have in our lives, um, I think they need to be prayed over and prayed for. Um, I pray for my son and my daughter. So my daughter is, uh, at this recording, she's four, and my son is eight. And I pray for them a lot that their spouse, I I pray over their spouse right now, even at this age, that God's already working in their heart, um, that they are in line with his will so that like life will be easier for them when they find their spouse. And it's just, it's all laid out and planned and done. Like, I know that may be weird, but I just, there is so much divorce today. Um, my, I mean, there are so many divorces just with my family. Like, like it's, it's wild. And what that, the pros and cons to that, right. But there's consequences for that. And, and just how it's, it's shaped and shift and impacted, um, even my life, mm-hmm. uh, so knowing that my wife is with me till the end, um, that's awesome. And, and yeah, I can't thank her enough and, and look forward to another, hopefully 30, 40 years. Awesome. Know. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see how long I live. Well, <laughs> now that we've given thanks for our wives and our marriages, they're also the ones that allow us to buy all our fishing equipment and to go fishing all the time and take care of the homes and the kids when we get to go do that. So uh, let's talk about fishing, something that they support and, and let us do. And what we're going to get into forward-facing sonar. And, and really the reason that we're getting into this today, most of the professional bass fishing circuits, they've just finished their last events. Maybe one has one more event. But now that these seasons are over and they have been dominated uh, by forward-facing sonar, the rumor mill is running amok. It's going crazy about banning technology and how many companies lost money because of this technology and who made more and who cheated. I mean, every YouTube about fishing, every podcast about fishing, 
everybody's talking about it. And because we love fishing, we want to give our two cents. We do. But you know what? Brian, we need to do just a little quick education before we get too far into this. You have been speaking on forward-facing sonar, but we may have some listeners that truly doesn't know what that is. Um, let's just quickly share forward-facing sonar with, with our listener real fast, make sure that we're all on the same page. Well, I'm going to start with sonar in general. So many, many years ago, had what was called a flasher, and basically you had uh, a little circle on, on boats, and it had your, your depth and you had a light that would go to the depth, so a signal was going out, and however fast it took to came back, you had a sensor on the boat reading, and it would show 30 feet. The light would flash up to 30 and then bounce back down. Well, then that turned into actual graphs. They were black and white screens, and you were getting shapes and depth and even water temperature on these images, and then it turned into color, and then it turned into down imaging, and then it turned into side imaging. Well, in between there, I remember going out bass fishing with my grandpa. Okay. And it was a paper roll that had scribble lines on it and i would be like i'd be like the paper roll <laughs> i was like what is that and he's like well that's a fish there well the the paper <laughs> roll the paper roll is post flasher right before graph well yeah i haven't done research on this however i remember being in his champion boat and he had a flasher and we used the flasher but he didn't always turn the paper on mm. and then hindsight knowing what i know now it was probably really expensive to to use the paper. Right. And even knowing technology now, what I was seeing on the paper. <laughs> who knows what it even was? Well, yeah. It looks like what a two year old just took a. <laughs> it may not even been a fish. It may have been a fish five minutes ago. Right. You know, so that's what we're talking about today is that forward facing sonar, like how it has changed the game because now you can truly see a fish whereas the technology back in those days you were just it was cool to have but you didn't know yeah and the whole point that we're making here is that technology has progressed it progresses in all different disciplines and fields and genres we're talking about fishing and how it's progressed today but let me say this though in forward facing to to help on the education side it is it is so close to what you're going to use when you're getting a um uh when a, a Pregnant woman is going to get an ultrasound. The technology is so similar. Matter of fact, there are some guys on here on the sonarwars.com that are explaining like even even how they use the transducers uh, from the stomach to what you're using in the boat are very similar. So it's it's really cool to like because when you see an ultrasound, if you've ever seen one, that is so close to what we are looking at when we're actually using out in the boat. It's very similar. And and so the big difference with forward-facing sonar really hit the market for mainstream folks in 2018. So it hasn't been that long and it has already progressed a lot since then, but it is live where everything before that side imaging, down imaging, while you're getting amazing pictures and returns and guys were really, really finding fish really, really well, it wasn't live. You were getting a, a signal sending it, going out and coming back to the boat, and then you have basically, a, we'll say, a computer, that's what these head units are, telling you, giving you a reading of the signal that it got back, but you still had to think for yourself, okay, that was five seconds ago, so if I'm seeing this now, I've drifted this far because of the wind speed, I need to cast that way. And by the time you cast there, the image of the fish that you just saw could have moved. Could but with have. forward-facing sonar, it is live. You see the fish moving. You can move it and follow the fish and follow your bait. 
it is as live as is live TV. Right. Yeah, and it is kind of like live TV because depending on the brand, there may be a delay in what we'll put in quotes is live. You mm-hmm. know, there are some um, brands that have just a tiny delay behind it. Um, whereas there's other brands they say are really close to being in the moment. What you see is exactly what's happening. So, you know, with technology nowadays, that's 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 really why we're talking about it is it does and could be controversial for people that maybe aren't good at using it. <laughs> and then you got people that are possibly amazing right. at it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of like video games. You got people that are good and people that are bad. Well, just so you understand our perspective we're coming from, I do not have forward-facing sonar on my boat. I've got yet, the, I, yet. I've yet. got the downscan. Okay. Right. I've got the side so you are going to get that, it. But I don't have forward-facing. Do you have it on your boat? No. Okay. So but I have you it. used forward-facing sonar? I have. Yes. My uncle Josh Tinker's his name. He bought it, owns it, uses it, uh, loves it. Yeah. You go. You go crappie fishing with him all the time. So yes. you've used it quite a bit. Absolutely. Yes. With him. And I personally have never seen it used in person. Only YouTube videos and what I've seen watching Bass Live and, and MLF Live and all that. So I have not personally used it myself. So I'm going to lean on you a little bit here. However, I still think I can, as a fan of the sport, as a participant in the sport, I think I can still give uh, an honest opinion and perspective of it. So what were your initial thoughts the first time or two that you went out and used forward-facing sonar? Uh, when I went out and used it the first time versus only hearing about it. Right. Right. Because you and I have heard about it for several years now. Matter of fact, every Christmas, I'm always looking in the Bass Pro catalog to see what kind of discount, like how are they getting this thing down to where I can maybe afford it. Right. Um, and as with all new technology, it's more expensive than the previous. It, it is. That's, you know, thinking about Apple cell phones, these Apple iPhones that everyone buys, like these phones are really, really expensive. Matter of fact, so are the Apple Watches. And if you look at most people going into Walmart, they've got an Apple phone and an Apple iWatch. So, like, it's kind of like this here with this forward-facing. Like, it is somewhat affordable. It isn't out of grasp where only professionals are using it. You've got you've got uh, the old farmer mm-hmm. that... If he's got a couple thousand bucks, he can wait and find a good deal and get it and put it on. And that's kind of what I think I'm waiting for is that best of the best. And the reason is because technology changes so fast. And and because it has changed and there have already been updated versions right. of this forward-facing sonar, right. it has come down in, in price a little bit. And you can get, for less than $2,000, you can get into the older transducer right. and a little bit smaller screen for less than 2000 and go have forward-facing sonar where pros have four and five screens on their boat. They have the best, the latest transducer matched up to the largest and best screen that they can get. Right. To answer your question, um, the technology that that I use, when I use it the first time, that forward imaging technology, it was around a nine-inch screen. Um, You know, I respected it because as much as I heard about it, I knew that what I was seeing was real, legit, and useful. But the first time that I used it, I had a hard time buying in and believing it because maybe I didn't want it to be true, (laughs) but there were places that I thought 
would be good for fishing that when I when I looked down at the screen there wasn't a fish in sight. <laughs> and so it was a quick like wake up call of like my fishing spots aren't fishing spots anymore. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like this technology when I'm using it, what it is telling me is accurate. It is truth. So when I point it there, if there are no fish, I might as well leave. I, there's no point in me casting my lure two or three times. Whereas pre board facing imaging or sonar or live, whatever you want to call this here, I would have made several casts to try to figure out if the fish are there. When this technology now is is literally just in seconds showing me fish, no fish. Right. Now, before we get into the craziness, I am not skilled enough to to yet know exactly what I'm looking at in regards to is this a crappie? Is this a bluegill? Is this a small spotted bass? Is this smallmouth versus largemouth? I'm not there yet, right? But I can literally, in seconds, my son, who's never used it before, even knows fish, could look at the screen and be like, yeah, dad, there are fish, or dad, those are just trees, right? So the technology is there to completely destroy my old fishing patterns. Yeah, and I think that is a one of the biggest takeaways from forward-facing sonar is that it has allowed people to be more efficient with their time, where you may have stopped three times and cast it in three different spots to determine if there are fish there or not. Now people are rolling up to spots, scanning, scanning, no fish. I'm on to the next one, scan, scan, no fish. Next one, scan, scan. Oh, there's a lot of them. Let's spend time here. And now they saved an hour because they didn't spend 30 minutes at those first two spots. They just rolled on and saved their casting and their time, especially for tournament anglers who are who are on a time limit where these fish are. They know they're, that's where they're making their casts in higher percentage areas. And that is the key. You just said it, high percentage areas. That to me is what has changed the game because I, you know, looking back, I have wasted so much time hitting my same five spots, trying to figure out what their fish are doing. When now that with this technology, I could cut that in half, if not three quarters mm-hmm. of my time could be saved. And then once I'm on fish, I'm seeing that the fish are there. And now I can actually spend more time on trying different lures, different techniques, different styles, and learning how, how to how to fish for them, how to catch them, right? right. That is awesome. And that, that is so different than what my grandpa did growing up. Yeah, I mean, I spent so many days growing up just beating the bank, just going down the bank, having yeah. no idea if there are fish there or not. Covering water, they said. Got to yeah, cover, cover water. water. Got to cover, cover water. water. Um, and, and there's still places for that, and, and there are still tournaments, depending on the time of year, that that has to be done, but uh, not near as much as used to because forward-facing sonar allows you to see if the fish are there right then in that moment. Not if they were... Not if you think they could be because there's a rock pile there. You literally get to see the rock pile and if there are fish on the rock pile. Correct. And it is that powerful. Matter of fact, with the technology that we that we have out currently today during this recording, you can watch your lure all the way down, go into the school of fish. Watch them chase your lure. Watch them chase your lure. and Watch them eat your lure. Watch you reel your fish all the way right. up to the top. So... But for somebody that's never seen this on screen before, it isn't like a, a camera. Like, you aren't seeing, you're seeing a blob. I mean, the, the fish is, is a blob, and you're seeing the blob move around, and then you see your smaller blob, which is your bait, move through. 
but because of how things are moving and you, you know what is what. Yeah, and it does take some training, experience, and practice. I mean, when you look at an ultrasound and you're like, that's a baby, you know, right. and then they're like, that's a boy. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I can't see what you're seeing well, I here. can read forward-facing sonar better than I can <laughs> yeah. read an ultrasound. That's true. That's true. But the point is, is that when you get into the species of fish and your bait size and lure and watching all that come together, it takes practice. That takes, that takes some getting used to. Right. So let's just cut to the chase. We're not going to end the podcast here, but let's cut to the chase. Do you think that it should be banned from bass fishing? Bass fishing tournaments professionally all the way down to club local Sunday night derbies. What do you think? No. 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 It's that's no, it shouldn't be banned. I don't think it should be either. However, there are <laughs> hordes, and I mean a swarm of people, including professional bass fishermen, current um and and retired guys, older guys, there is a bunch of people publicly calling for it to be banned. There are guys saying it will be banned within the next few years. There are guys saying that the biggest circuit that has ever been in bass fishing, which is, is Bassmaster, that it's going to be banned by next season. I mean, you've got all kinds of crazy rumors out there. But you and I, as bass fishermen, which we've never fished professionally, you've fished some pro-ams, we've fished local tournaments, we don't think that it should be. No. Nope. And that is coming from the perspective of me personally. I don't have it, nor have I ever used it. Well, let me say this. What they're going to maybe ban won't be what is in my uncle's boat. And that's that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm at with this. Like the technology that was out last year, year before that, those aren't what I think they're wanting to ban. I think it's what's coming out and what's coming down the pipe. I mean, the technology is getting... Our technology isn't even staying the same. Right. It, it definitely isn't getting worse, and it's not staying the same. Every time they come out with something new, it is better and better and better. And so when they're saying it's going to be banned in three years, okay, mm-hmm. maybe. Because if if <laughs> if all you – well, it isn't going to fish for you, but <laughs> it's going to help. And I could see how as this gets better and better, possibly they would want to ban it. But for me, it's a no because my experience in the boat with this technology that I'm using still has challenges. It isn't – just because I'm seeing fish – doesn't mean that's I'm catching fish. Right. And that's why I'm saying no with the technology that is out now. Three years from now, with what comes out then, what we have then, I may have to jump on board with a band, but I'm at right now with what we have, absolutely not. Right. So let's talk about some of the reasons why we think and actually what some people are saying the reasons are why people want it banned. And I want to start with God's word for this. Ooh. And no, there's nothing new under the sun, but God doesn't talk Does about forward-facing. Does God tell face- us not to use forward imaging? <laughs> he doesn't talk about forward-facing <laughs> sonar. However, there's obviously division here because you have people that want it. You have people that absolutely are just going nuts about getting it banned. And there's division in our world about everything you can think of, things far more serious than technology and fishing. But we seem to have this consensus that there should be peace. We pray for peace. We talk about peace. Every news thing is like, is there going to be peace in the world? How do we get peace? How do we get rid of this division? People are so divided. In red letters, in Luke, Jesus' words, 
he literally tells us that he came here not for peace, but for things to be divided. So I want to read. This is Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 51. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. And he goes on to say that people will be divided against family members. And really what he's trying to say is, look, there will be people that worship and follow me and people that won't, people that are going to heaven and, and people that are going to he- and hell. And that really is the division there. But that is the core of why there is division amongst humans. And then it is just a domino effect. What I'm trying to say is we are naturally inclined because we live in a broken, fallen world from all the way from Adam and Eve when sin first occurred, we are naturally inclined to be divided against each other. And it we humans will be divided against each other really on every subject, even things that are as silly as forward-facing sonar and fishing, until Jesus returns. So that is the root cause of all of it. But we can get into some more specific reasons. Well, I mean, think about banning. Like, why do we ban? Like, you know, why do some people seek to ban anything that offends them? So I see people wanting to ban Jesus. We've banned Jesus in schools. We've banned Jesus in, in well, some churches. <laughs> like Separation of church and state. Right. You know, I think people want things to be banned when it offends them. And so I would ask these professional fishermen, like, why are you wanting it to be banned? And if I if I kind of dig down to the core, it's probably because it offends them some offends them some way. Like mm-hmm. they they either aren't good enough at using it. Um, they may also it may offend them or it may offend somebody because they I don't know how it's harming fish. I don't think that it's harming fish. But if someone could prove that it was declining our fish populations, right? Then we would look at banning. And so where does banning come from? Why? Did, let me let me share it this way. Prohibition. At, at one point, our country banned us from making alcohol. Correct. But do you know what came from that banning? What came from banning alcohol? Yeah. It is a uh, sport now that is, uh, I'm going to say billion dollars. I don't know. It's way up there. So NASCAR. Oh. NASCAR came from the Prohibition days because people were souping up, I'll put that in quotes, souping up their cars to run alcohol and so they're gonna even the history channel you can check this out nascar nascar came from prohibition and so something will come from a ban and so even if this gets banned let's say this got banned there will be something new that comes out of that ban and that's you want to squash it but something new will come and so for me why i'm saying no is i don't see it harming anything. It's not harming fish. It's not harming the angler. It's not harming the boats. It's not, to me, it's not harming even the people in the boat. So Mm -hmm. what's the point of the ban, right? Well, do you think that some of these guys could just be sore losers? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're, that's why they're offended. Like, uh, they're selfish. We're all selfish. Uh, they, they maybe wanted to go back to the old days, you know, when, when they didn't, when their lure that they're sponsoring, um, you know, lures now are starting to cater to this forward yes. imaging sonar. You are like, seeing companies develop lures specifically forward, forward-facing sonar that you would they would have never made before before this technology. Yeah. So if all my old baits uh, don't work for that, that might be uh, bad right. for my sponsors. It might be bad for me. And but like you said, something new will come from this. It will. Something will, whether we leave it or not. Right. But you know, 
I'm kind of joking about not joking about the NASCAR thing, but I'm kind of using it as an example. Like, even though they tried to ban it, people are still going to find ways to mm-hmm. to use it. You know, even if even if they ban it from you know turn, using it in tournament fishing, they're, they're, you're going to have anglers that are going to maybe then hire a guide that has it on his boat so that he can go out and pre-see it so that the next day he can go use it. You're going to have to keep setting up more and more rules to keep people from using it. So at the end of the day, if there is no harm, then why are we banning it? But it isn't banned yet. Right. It's just talk of being banned. Well, another thing is, too, is it, it is expensive. And so it's not, right. while it is accessible for everyone, meaning that if you have enough money, you can go to whatever uh, Academy, Bass Pro, Midway USA, whatever store you want to go to and buy it. Most people can get a credit card that would pay for this like right. the, the limit like it's under a credit card limit so most people have access to this correct but it, but it is still expensive so it you is. have that that boat of well you guys get to have five graphs on your boat and and i can't because i'm not a professional fisherman and i can't afford it so that is some people's complaint is mm-hmm. just that well i don't want to have to i don't want to have to throw three four thousand dollars out there if i want to go fish tournaments on saturdays and it is becoming that if you want to kind of if you want to compete even in little local 20 30 boat tournaments you kind of got to have it it because it is so prevalent now also viewership was down for the professional bass fishing circuits especially so so towards the end of the year when we get into summer all the tournament circuits go north. They call it the northern swing. They go to New York and Michigan and Minnesota, and they fish in these smallmouth areas where it's still cooler because down here uh, in the south, like you don't want to have tournaments in the summer because it's hard on the fish. And fishing is, is tougher too. So they go north, and when people are fishing for these smallmouth, forward-facing sonar is, I mean, it is killer. They're able to go offshore and find these rock piles and find these aggressive smallmouth and all the fishermen is doing is staring down at the screen there's nothing around them but water out on these huge giant lakes and the camera's behind them and you're watching a guy with his hood on stand on the front deck of the boat and stare at a screen with a little spinning rod hanging off the front they're not hardly casting they're not whining they're not jigging they're just holding the bait off the front of the boat catching 30 pound bags of smallmouth so People think it is boring to watch because you're not watching a guy cast. You're not watching topwater blowups. You're not watching them flip into bushes. It is more boring. And so viewership is down. And that right. is one reason, because it comes down to money, they're saying, let's ban it. We got to keep these pro circuits but going. But not to get into a tangent here, but you, it is different because in the days before this technology was here, let's say that you were watching Bassmasters on the Outdoor Channel, okay? There was a delay in what you're seeing that they would know who's catching the fish, and they would be ready to to turn to the the guy that's catching a the fish. A delay? You might be watching it three months after. <laughs> well, yeah. No, you're you're right. That's what I mean, though. There, it, it isn't technically live. Right. When we're talking about the the MLF now, Major League Fishing, there is a delay, but it is live. Like you can live stream on your computer. Well, yeah, well, and it's not just MLF. There's Bass Live. There are. Too, yeah. yeah, but my point is, is that they have to. They don't have time to edit and make these. They can't keep it. Uh, they can't keep guys catching fish in front of me constantly. Well, how about it's the te- how about the technology advancement? Just that they can have a camera on a boat and live stream this guy fishing anywhere in the world where you're at. That is so cool. It is cool, and I love it. Yeah. And I want to clarify something. I said watching those guys is boring. That is what people are saying. I personally do not find it boring. 
I could watch it 12 hours a day. Anybody that's catching a five-pound smallmouth, I'll watch them reel it in. I don't care how they caught it. Yeah, the reason that I want to see their screen, I want to see what they're staring at all day, is because it's actually going to help educate me. Mm -hmm. Like, me watching them use it helps me to learn how to use it. Yeah, and and there's kind of a barrier there. So in the Bassmaster Classic this year, they were able to do that. They were able to actually show the graph. So they were showing the forward-facing sonar on your computer, on the TV screen, and you're able to see what they were seeing. It was really cool. Yeah. One of the barriers is a lot of these guys are sponsored by electronic companies, and there's three different brands that have forward-facing sonar. Well, they are sponsored by one company, and they may be using sonar from another company, so th- it can't be publicized out there that, well, I have a contract with them. You're going to ruin my career by showing that I'm using another one. So, so it, it comes down to money? Money, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a shock. A lot of this does, yeah. Absolutely. The other thing is that, Maybe it was expensive or difficult to do. They really only did it in the classic, and so it's probably I don't I don't know the technology or how they networked all those together to show them fishing and show their screen, but they didn't do it the entire time, and so that kind of went away. The other barrier is that some guys are really good at explaining what's on that screen because mm-hmm. just for the your average fisherman or maybe somebody that likes to fish but doesn't fish tournaments. Even myself, I don't even really know what they're looking at. And so they really need to be explaining it. But they're fishing for $100,000. They don't want to. And some guys are terrible at explaining it. They're not good teachers. Yeah. And so it doesn't really matter if they're showing it or not if you don't know what you're looking at. Correct. No, that's good. That's spot on. And and that's why we're saying that there's – well, we know for sure there's a decline in people watching it. But perhaps that's maybe why. Right. Now, here's the other big argument. And this one – I can kind of get behind, and and maybe this is where more people should spend their energy and focus, and this is conservation. Mm -hmm. It it is known, and and you can go to probably any lake that people bass fish on in America and see people fishing in spots where 20 years ago you didn't see people fishing out there. I'm talking in the middle of the lake in the dang channel. Right, they'd be trolling. That's that's the only way the fish will spots is they'd be trolling. Them right, back but the now day, they're right? up on the front deck of the boat. They've got the trolling motor down. Casting and they're casting, looking at their in. screen. Because what we have learned about bass is they're so much more transient than we ever thought. They're moving all over. Did you know what? And we're fishing for populations of them that weren't getting fished for before. Well, I just realized that a lot of the tournaments you're fishing for trolling is illegal. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go out and troll. Right. And today, you don't have to go out and troll to find these fish because of forward right. face. That's pretty powerful. I just made that connection. I never really realized that. Yeah. Right. You can With forward-facing sonar, you can get out even in a channel and see these fish over 100 feet of water, and they're out chasing bait. And so you have people chasing, mm-hmm. weaving their boat around, following these pods and these groups of bass, trying to catch them. And you never used to see that before. And, and some people aren't respectful enough and they don't pay attention and they make it unsafe, but that is the person's fault, not the technology's fault. So we need to make sure that the onus is still falling in the right area. On yeah, that. I'm not against people tubing, going out and, and putting their kids on tubes and pulling them around. But what I saw last weekend where you had three ski boats coming at a guy pulling a, <laughs> let me just tell you, it was a dangerous situation. And I thought, why are they tubing right here up this river when they could be down yeah. Bigger lake water where it's more safe or not not so close, not within 25 feet of another boat. Right. Like it isn't 
the tubing fault. It's not the boat. It's the people using this equipment. Correct. Using using the, uh, what what we have and what we are blessed with. And, and the, because of the equipment and because of forward-facing sonar, there is a fear about conservation of our bass populations. Mm-hmm. More fish being caught, more people fishing for them, populations of fish that used to not get bothered that are now getting bothered. But in the same sense, if more people are fishing for those, well, then other populations that we're getting fish for before maybe aren't getting as much pressure. Or is catch, catch and release not really as, as conservation as they thought? Because right. if catch and release is okay to do for a fish, then it shouldn't matter how many thousands people are catching. Because when we're talking about bass, most people aren't taking them home. Right. But and, and I think the tournament side is where people are really focusing on this because most tournaments are not MLS style catch, weight, and release. So I think that's where you're going to see this big shift. Where there really needs to be this shift is that even in little tournaments, is there a way to have integrity and a lack of cheating where these fish are caught, weighed, and released rather than put in a, a live well and ran 20 miles back to a weigh-in and then 500 fish released in the same spot? And there are a lot of studies that are coming out saying, look, a large percentage of these fish, even though they're caught, put in a live well, ran to weigh-in, and then released, they're not taken home and eaten a lot of them are dying anyway. I mean, are they? I don't know this. Yes, you know, I a, mean, a lot hmm. of them are dying anyway. So you you have this percentage of the population of bass that are being caught for tournaments that are dying, even though they're released. But catch, weigh, and release, they're only out of the water for 10, 20, maybe a minute at the most, and right. they're put back in. I believe that. So much better for fish. So that really needs to be the focus. MLF is able to do that because they have cameras and officials in every boat. But your Tuesday nighter can't do that. So is there a way to somehow implement that? I don't really know. I don't have any ideas. But a conservation perspective is one of the concerns is that bass populations are getting more stressed now. Well, let's let's look at it this way. You and I, we don't play NBA basketball. Okay? Well, do I you? used to. Oh, you're used to. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But do we play some church basketball? We do. We do. And so when we play church basketball, do we have a ref? No. No. Do we still play? Yes. Do you do you believe that church basketball is fair when we play? Not always. Okay, so who are you giving in to? We're still playing. We're right. still keeping score. But at the end of the day, like if somebody cheated, are you that's, are you all over them? Wait, I, that's on them. Right. So yeah. when we get into the NBA, we have what's called officials. Right. They're in the boat. But there's something you're there's something you're leaving out. No, because there's there's refs in there, and the refs can make bad calls. So even if we put refs in the boat, you're still going to have error because that referee may have missed that fish touch. That referee may have missed that hook not being in that fish's mouth. But it should come back to them, the referee, because we're giving them the authority. What I'm saying is it doesn't matter what we do. We put a ref in the boat, whether it be big leagues, little leagues, small leagues, there is still always going to be somebody cheating. There's still always going to be somebody trying to get around the system. Yeah, there's something you're leaving out with your basketball comparison. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. And that's money. People do dumb things for money, especially the more money there is. Is there cheating in MLF? Yes. Okay. Is there cheating here in our little derby? If you have cheating at the most pleased, highest reft, most visible level, well, where do you think it's at in all the others? It's there. That's there. Absolutely. It's there. Yeah. And you can't deny that it's not. So all you can do is worry about yourself and making sure that you're not cheating and your integrity. Correct. But when you include money, yes, people do dumb things for money. They do. And I'm fishing a derby 
when I go fish a little bass tournament, if everybody has access to forward fishing, whatever, it, forward sonar is what I'm trying to say. Forward is, facing forward sonar. Forward facing sonar. Thank you. <laughs> I got fishing. Uh, forward facing sonar. If everybody has that, great. They will still find ways to cheat if they're going to cheat. And I think it's up to us as the group to call them out when it's time to call them out, just yeah. like our, our church basketball. If somebody stepped out of bounds, the majority of us are going to say, listen, I know you don't feel it, but you stepped out. Sorry. And we're going to roll on, you know, because we all have access to this. If we don't, then don't enter the tournament. Mm-hmm. Don't enter them. Right. If it's a big deal to you, then don't enter the ones that are allowing it. Like, so with all this talk of banning, how – has there been stuff banned from fishing before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's stuff been banned all the time going way back. You know, something that in my lifetime that I've I've used that worked really well and is now banned is the Alabama rig or, in short, a rig. Uh, uh, umbrella rig. A lot umbrella of rig. Yeah. There you go. It's the same, same rig, different name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, it was very, very, like, deadly. Guys were catching multiple fish at a time, big fish at a time. So they banned it. But through some research that you can do right now, you can get on and you can see that that Alabama rig isn't as powerful as it was when it was first introduced. Right. Even though it's it's still banned. So there's probably other things that are, have been banned and are going to be banned. But the question is why? Like, why in the world are we even banning this stuff? Well, here's one for you. You can't carry extra gas in your boat. Correct. But can you stop in Marine and fill up? Yes. All right. Right. <laughs> So when we, you know, when, when let's say that they come out with a, I'm going to get stupid here, a 35 foot bass boat. Right. Are they going to ban that when I can only have, well, mine's, <laughs> mine's 18. Yeah. Well, they, they, I mean, they do have boat size and, and engine limitations uh, on the high and the low end. And, and I think they should on that just to try to keep it as level of a playing field as, as possible. But. With forward-facing sonar, it's not like one pro doesn't have a better setup than the other one. They all have access to the same. Are some of them better at using it? Yes, they absolutely are. And I want to uh, think of an tell the story of an example. Jordan Lee is an awesome fisherman. He won back-to-back classics in in his mid twenties as a young angler. He is very very good. Earlier this year, during the major league fishing season. After a couple of rough tournaments, he came out and said, man, forward-facing sonar is getting it done. I have slacked. I have not put in the work to become as proficient at it as other anglers, and it's showing. I'm committing to learning it and getting better. Do you know what he did a few tournaments later? Mm -hmm. He went to a forward-facing dominated, I think it was Lake St. Clair, a smallmouth tournament that I was talking about. And he used his forward-facing sonar that he spent time to get catch up to everybody else on. And he won $100,000. Right. He annihilated. He yeah. put in the time. Mm-hmm. And I think, really, that's what a lot of people are coming down to is like, these guys are better than me. They have the technology. And I don't really want to put in the time to gain the know-how to get as good as they are. That could be. I mean, I know that we had side imaging there for a while and people wanted it banned. Right, and now you'll never hear anybody talking about banning side imaging. It's just like, oh, it's side imaging. Right. But when it first came out, people were like, we can't have this. It's too good. We got to ban it. It can't be in our sport. Right. It never Correct. did get banned. Right. And the Alabama rig, I, 
when I looked up the reason, because I thought, well, why is it banned? And in my mind, I always thought, oh, it's because it was just, it caught too many fish too easily. Like it was just too good. And so I looked up the reason, the actual statement of why it is banned from professional bass fishing. And their statement literally is that it was too good. It catches too many fish. And it's still banned. It was banned when it first came out. Most of the little tournaments you and I fish say no A-rigs. Right. There, there still are today. some. Yes. Yes. I use it. And you can catch fish on it now, but it isn't like astronomically better than anything else I have in my tackle box. No. There's never once where I was like, this is insane. I can't believe I'm catching so many fish on this. I'm going to dominate everybody. This thing needs to be banned. Never. So I don't understand why that is banned. I don't get that. Like, it doesn't seem as powerful as forward-facing sonar, yet I don't think forward-facing sonar should be banned. You know, it would be neat to see if they hadn't hadn't banned it how it how it could be um doubled up with forward facing and seeing how deadly it could be as you're as you're throwing through if it could fall i know they had tweak it and make it faster falling whatever but how deadly it could be through a, a school of fish that you're right. you're chasing around that'd be cool to see we've only been talking about bass fishing and that's really because when people talk fishing i mean it's like in the hunting world white-tailed deer is king when you talk fishing Bass fishing is king. That's where all the money is at in in the United States. Or really, most of the, the money world. is like, there. Right, bass is king. Right, but forward facing sonar has affected a lot more than just bass fishing. Right, we mentioned you used a crappie fishing. I mean, people are able to see how many crappie are there, and I have seen photos of pic- people's screen, and I'm talking, it's like a thousand crappie oh, in one at tree. Least. Yeah, at least it's crazy, and yet you still got to make them bite. You do this. This technology does not make them bite. It just shows you that they're, they're there. It doesn't make them bite. Yeah, I mean, if if, if this was any better, it'd be dynamite. Mm-hmm. Like like throwing dynamite down and blowing them up, watching them float up, and you'd be up your fish. Like, it gets you there, but it doesn't allow that. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could take you out right now, and Brian, I could put you on these fish, and you could see these fish, but it, it kind of is disheartening because – now I see them. Now I know I'm in them, but I'm not catching them. Right. And so that's why I'm saying like no to the banning because, yeah, it, it doesn't make them hit your lure. It gives you, I'll say it increases your odds of catching, but it's you're, still. You're making more casts yeah, around Yeah, but it's, it's still fishing, not catching. Right. I mean, it literally is still fishing, not catching. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I just, I really think, honestly, this comes down to old school versus new school, man. Yep. I think that's where we're at because you have guys that, that hate technology and you guys have, you have guys that love technology. Well, you've got guys using it for spoonbill, crappie, bluegill, walleye, yeah, white bass, everything awesome out there that. under the sun it's being used for. So where is the line on that is my question. If we ban it from bass, do we ban it from all the rest too? Well, I... I guess it, it truly is going to come down to money because when you're when you're talking about the Alabama rig, at, I'll say at the most expensive is twenty five bucks to buy that umbrella rig. Twenty, it's usually around twenty dollars to buy one that's that's got almost everything you need. Well, say goodbye to that. But when you're talking about twenty five hundred dollars for this system, everyone's buying them, everyone's getting them to compete, and now they're saying no to that. Like, woo-hoo, that's a lot of that's that's right. a huge difference in cash. Like. So when we're talking about old school versus new school, the question is, is who are the ones that are saying it should be banned? Are they the new school or are they old school? Yeah. And do we know? Yeah. I mean, 
really this is just my observation about the ones that are the loudest. Uh, Randy Blockett is a, he's actually local to us. He lives locally, but he fished professionally for like 30 or 40 years on bass. And he has a YouTube channel. And I mean, he is very vocal about forward facing sonar. There's some other guys that are still fishing on tour that are kind of considered the old hats uh, that are kind of speaking out against it. Now that season is over, some guys are speaking out even against their sponsors, like, hey, we got to do something about this. But it seems to be the older guys that really are saying, hey, we're tired of getting beat. We're tired of it only being forward facing sonar. We need to do something about it. And one of their main arguments is that guys aren't learning to fish. The things that we had to do, we had to learn bank transitions and read the bait fish and triangulate to to mark structure. Guys aren't having to do this anymore. And but you they, know, they've not had to do that for the last 10, know, 15, 20 years anyway. And, and they might be right. Yeah. They might be right. Mm. But you know what? We have computers now, so we don't have to scribble on stone. Like, when technology comes out that makes a task easier, that is the whole point of it coming out is, yeah, you don't have to do it that way anymore, but they're saying guys aren't going to be as good fishermen. All these kids have this technology. They're not learning fish. Well, I want to tell you what Kevin Van Dam said. Kevin Van Dam is widely considered the best professional bass fisherman of all time. He's got more more Angler of the Year awards and more winnings as far as cash than anybody ever. And he just retired. He just finished his last year. I think he's got two tournaments that he's qualified for next year because of this last season. He recently said after the season, I have learned more since forward-facing sonar has came out about bass and bass fishing than I have all my previous career. So this is a man that knows more about bass fishing probably than anyone that's out there. And he is saying forward-facing sonar helped him learn more. Yet the old hat argument is, well, guys aren't going to know very much about bass fishing. I know, but that, yeah. If if we have an, a, let's say we go to war and now we're in this post-apocalyptic world, like you have men today are saying we need to get back oh, to our roots. Here we go, survival, Ben. We, we got to get him out. We need to have the primitive. We need to know how to make primitive shelters and primitive fires and primitive food and wild edibles and all this stuff. Well, those things are good to know. However, most of those men probably can't type up a resume. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that this old school, new school stuff, if we have to get back to learning how to catch fish in the way before technology, then if we're living in that world, then we're going to put up nets and we're just going to put up gill nets and we're going to catch these fish. Right. We don't, there aren't rules and laws to this going out and fishing a bass tournament. Like, well, Ben, if I have a lighter, I never need to know how to make a Bodro fire. Correct. It doesn't matter. You, I never need to know It doesn't matter until it does. And what I'm saying is, is that if we ever get back to a, a day of where we're not using technology anymore, then we're all going to have to relearn it together in the moment anyway. And the people that have these skills, we'll turn to them at that point. But for right now, we're in a technology world. We need to learn how to use, the te- use this technology until the day that it is gone. Right. Because that's where we're at. That is what the bass world is using to compete. And why not learn how to use it and get better at it until it is gone? And when those days are gone, we'll have to Yeah. 
we'll I have to, yeah, re- I just readjust. I just don't think the argument of, well, people are learning different than I did or they're, they're learning they're learning in a new way. I just don't think that's a sound argument. Like, it, I mean, it's not. I, I mean, it, it feels like there's there's some failed logic there. But where? what are your thoughts, Ben? Where, how do we move forward with technology and fishing? Well, you, you said that there's always going to be division. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I was in the human resources department, having to to swallow this cough medicine of this idea of inclusion and diversity, because the moment that I include everyone, I'm always going to exclude someone. And that's always been my stance. Like there will never be a day that I can include everyone. So why are we trying to do it? If we're going to follow money, then I don't see. I don't see this ever going away. I don't see technology ever disappearing because so let me we're ask following you this. the money. Let me ask you this. Yeah. There are some people in the industry that are very, very strong in their position, like bans are coming. So Remember what NASCAR. is your prediction? Remember NASCAR. Are we going to see bans of forward-facing sonar in the professional circuits soon? If you do, because it's so much money, then you're going to have a new circuit being made. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to have NASCAR. There was never, there, there wasn't such thing as NASCAR, and now there is. Mm-hmm. And it came from this banning. So if there is a ban, there will be some new, um, I don't know what it is because we're not there yet, but there will be a forward imaging class or bass fishing for people to go do. You may see some shift. Like if it, let's say this is all hypotheticals. Let's say that Bassmaster, they come out there the first pro circuit. They ban forward facing sonar. Well, you're probably going to see some of those young guys that that's how they know how to fish and they're really good at it. They're going to jump ship and go fish major league fishing. That would be they would be unwise to not do that. Right. Like, and then some of those old hats that don't like forward facing sonar in major league fishing may be like, holy cow, there's a there's a league that I can make just as much yeah. money that bans it, I'm going to go. So you're going to see a shift in where people are fishing and where they're spending their careers at. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to, here's my prediction. I do not think that forward-facing sonar will be banned. I, I, I do not think, I think it is too money driven. Mm-hmm. You have electronic companies that are massive sponsors. Correct. M- they're, they're massive in these industries. And if you take them away from these industries, it, they may be such big role players that the industries fail without them. I I don't think that because there's so much money involved, you will ever see forward-facing sonar banned. And eventually, guess what? All of the guys that don't like it, they're going to be too old to perform in professional fishing anyway. So you're going to have all the people that have had forward-facing sonar around those are going to be your pros, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be normal, just like side imaging is now normal. And guess what else is going to happen? There's going to be better technology that comes out. Yeah, and I'm also going to throw into this mix that because you have all these guys fishing deeper, chasing fish, chasing bass, let's say bass, they're chasing bass, they're fishing the deeper, I think it's going to change the fish habit again, and, and things will have to adapt and adjust to Anglers what the fish will. do. Anglers are, they're, yeah. They're going to have to to catch those fish because nothing stays the same. Like, yeah, it's going to change what the fish habits are and we're going to have to adapt to them as they change mm-hmm. again. So you're going to have to figure out how do I catch fish in half a foot of water? Right. Because <laughs> that's where they're all going to be possible. Well, and, and here's another area that needs to change. And and, and let's close with this. Because this is where where I really think people should be shifting their focus. I think people shouldn't be focusing on banning this technology. 
I think what the focus should be on is how do we change how we manage our fisheries? The focus should be conservation. Do we need to start bringing in different bass species to some, for instance, do we need to start bringing in like F1 hybrids and start bringing them into some more of our, our Midwest and, and North South lakes? Do we need to start changing our limits of, there are still weekend anglers who go out and catch bass and fillet them. Do we need to take that away? There are conservation and management practices that can be adapted to meet the technology so that we can have both and both can exist. More people fish now than ever. And that's what we want. We want people outdoors. We want them enjoying creation. We just need to change our management habits, our conservation habits. And I think if more people spent their energy and their focus on that, that the outdoor world, the recreation, the fishing world in general will be better off than trying to ban technology. Yeah, I'm going to say my statement here is if this technology is harming our fish populations, then I think we need to maybe possibly look at some sort of ban. But the stance behind this ban currently is more about people's feelings uh, mm-hmm. more than what's happening to our fish population. So our states need to need to jump up, start really paying attention to this stuff, and need to come out with data. And if that data is sub- is showing that our fish populations are fine, then we keep rolling as it is, you yeah. know? But if we are harming because – Again, we are responsible for God's given us dominion over this earth. It is our responsibility to take care of it. And if our technology is is harming our species and habitats, then we should change it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know where we're at with that. I don't think we have enough data to support the negatives, uh, the ne- negative impacts of what's happening. And we need more of that. So the men and women that are in our conservation departments, it's time for them to rise up, get that information and let us know so that our, our weekend derbies, we can, we can, uh, figure out if we can still use forward imaging or not a couple of years from now. Absolutely. I think that is enough on the topic of forward facing sonar. Appreciate everyone listening. We're going to have some questions that we put up on our meant to be outdoors podcast Q&A page. With those questions we put up, we're going to be asking what you guys think about forward-facing sonar. If anybody has any reason to reach out to us, m2beoutdoors at gmail.com. We'd love to help you with any of your outdoor needs. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Message us if you need to message us on those platforms as well. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to the show on, it is awesome and so helpful to us. If you leave us a rating, write us a review. Uh, even let us know maybe some topics that you would love for us to cover coming up. That is going to be it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Between now and that time, we hope that you remember you are meant to be outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.